0: Welcome to the Career by Design podcast. I'm your host, Prayer. On this podcast, I'll teach you how to design the career of your dreams while feeling empowered. I'll be sharing inspirations and strategies that will help you get results. Welcome to season three of the Career by Design podcast. I am so excited to have my friend and fellow LCS coach, Stephanie Edwards with us. So a little bit about Stephanie. She spent 20 years in the corporate world as a marketing expert, and she has boomeranged a few times from the corporate world in and out. And today we're going to be talking all about career shoulds. So with that, I'd love to hand it off to Stephanie to just set the stage for us a little bit. And maybe, Stephanie, you can share your story.
1: Yes. Hello. And thank you for having me. Um, I love how you just said boomerang because there are times when it really has felt like (laughs) being shot out into the dark and trying to figure things out while I'm still flying through the air. Yes. So I have, I'm, my whole career has been built around marketing. I have multiple degrees in marketing. I'm currently still a professor of um, marketing and PR and graphic design. All that to say, like it lights me up. I love it, but I haven't always loved it in the same way or in the same environments, working particular
0: jobs. And so tell me, you know, what I'm curious about is I think that primarily as women, there's a lot of guilt associated with it. And I see this, especially, I think, whether you go into coaching or start any other business is that I think there's this little bit of fear of, first of all, if you have a corporate job and you're running a business, right. And I've heard, okay, maybe you're not as committed, that sort of thing, or sometimes people feel bad if they've gone to try something else and then they're coming back to the corporate world and they feel embarrassed about it. Right. And they feel the sense of shame, I think, because they're saying, oh, if I was successful, and in my business, then I wouldn't need to come back, mm-hmm. you know, to the corporate world. And I think there's just this should of like, this is what the perfect career path looks like. So I'd right. love your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. And I've learned that anytime I hear the word should, it's my ears should perk up and I should wake up and start thinking, why did the should just enter the conversation? Because usually that's a trap is what I found is there's some expectation and I'm like, yeah, let me question that. Why do I think that is? And I love that you brought this back to women who are even exploring doing something different whether that's taking a different role or like walking out of corporate entirely, which I've done three times and trying to build your own business, trying to do your own thing, whether that's a business, you're completely starting from scratch or you're buying into a business, which I've done both. And In either case, I would love to be able to encourage you listener and say, there is no right way to do that. There is no, it should be done this way. It's a matter of following your path and what you feel led in that moment to do, which for me has even, I've allowed myself to get to a place where to say that was right for me two years ago. That's not right for me now. And accept that and be open to that. I've done that with myself in my career. I've also learned how to do that in homeschooling my son. You know, anytime it's just like we get trapped into thinking it should be done a certain way, or I've made that commitment. And I made that commitment a couple of years back, but now who am I? And now does that still serve me?
0: Yeah. And I love this conversation, Stephanie, just because I think this maybe stems from all of the thoughts that were given to us. And so if we look at the school system, when we think about, okay, you graduate high school at 18, then the plan is you're going to go to college, you're going to work for a few years, and then maybe you get your master's degree and then you accelerate your career. And then when you're doing really, really well in your career and you're maybe burnt out, then people think about, okay, instead of doing an early retirement, I will move into the business world, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think there's all this circulating information of what that could look like. And I think the Mm -hmm. same is even true with the career path. Even if we don't talk about starting your own business, I think there's all these ideas floating around of the A, B, and C. Yeah. And so my question for you is, how do you trust yourself in the moments of, hey, this is not typical. I don't know anybody that's taking this path that I want to take. And so there's no support or there's no manual around this. So what do I do?
1: Yes use that as a guide for just once again, this is how I did it. Everyone's different. I just encourage you like to trust yourself, but you're saying, how can we learn how to trust ourselves? And the biggest thing I think would be the same for everyone is to learn how to listen to that inner voice inside of you. And I refer to that as intuition and knowing that if I'm feeling the nudge to do something different and what I'm currently doing is not fulfilling that voice inside of me is not giving me the gratification and the satisfaction and delight because I choose to enjoy my life. And a part of my life is my work. So I want to enjoy my work. Like that's not off the table. That is a complete option to you. And it was so interesting because you were even saying like how this framed for us, like how we are, I, I use the word programmed even, right? Because we all have a different lens, a different take on life because of how we grow up and how we're educated and take all the content in and media. And I was sharing this with my students the other day. And one of the things is I was explaining this to them and I had a student who was like, what? You can actually take a job to enjoy a job? And this is a college student who hasn't even had a ton of work experience yet, but is thinking they need to, you know, keep their head down, do their work, get the degree to take this job because in their mind, a degree will get them the job that earns the money and they just have to make do. And I was painting a picture that you could enjoy your work. And so it's so interesting to see, because she just came to the table with that idea, probably because of what somebody had told her, or what she'd picked up at some point in her life. And I just decided that I had watched too many people throughout my upbringing who didn't enjoy their work. And I was like, is there anybody out there? who does? And I was like, it's going to be me. Maybe I can't see anybody just yet, but it's going to be me. I'm going to find a way to really enjoy the work that I do and let it light up my life. And that has just been my guiding compass. So when I got into a position and I, at first I was thriving, I was loving it. My boss got promoted. The boss that came in to fill in for her couldn't keep up at the same capacity. So there were lots of days where I was just like, sitting there waiting for her to sign off on things and approve things and give me more stuff. And because she just didn't move at the same pace that I had moved previously with my other boss, I was getting really bored and I don't do bored. not something I want to participate in. So I had some discussions with her and ultimately she was in over her head and I wasn't going to stay there. So I started looking for another option and I was looking at the time for another job, a job to actually go work someplace else. I took it. That didn't work. It was a really, um, kind of a misleading situation. So I quit after six weeks and I said, it's okay. I'm going to figure this out. I don't have any backup at that point, but I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to make something of myself. And that was the first time that in that case, I feel like my like more fell out of corporate than willingly chose, but it was my choice to walk away from that position. And I just started to explore what my options were without being limited to thinking it had to be another job to fill that
0: So I'm going to stop you right there, Stephanie, because there were so many shoulds right in what you Mm -hmm. just shared, meaning that how people think about things, right? And so even the I'm in a role, it's only been six weeks. And I Mm -hmm. think all of the guilt, because this is what I want to drive home to our listeners is that should is just another form of fear Mm -hmm. of guilt. It's just another face for it. Right. And so even that it's being true to yourself and knowing knowing that is it a little unusual that someone is leaving a job after six weeks? Absolutely. Right. But it felt right and it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And I think it's thinking about yourself and you never want to be, you know, putting yourself at the expense of staying in something that you should be doing. Right. And so I think that's something that we really need to clarify is that on one side, you have all the responsibilities and the guilt and all of that. And on the other side is this future version of yourself and who you could be and all of your potential and your happiness and something that feels right, as opposed to you just staying in something. So I heard that
1: there's so many things that you learn on the other side, when you get through it, right. When you can look back with the wisdom of what that brought you. And the reason I chose so abruptly to leave that job after the six weeks, it, it was for me an ethical thing. There was a situation that had come up because it was a smaller, I went from a big company to working in a small business of less than 20 people. So I went directly to the owner who had hired me, brought it up and he wasn't going to do anything, but anyhow, I was like, I cannot bend my ethics. And I told him where he could send my paycheck. And that was, it was just, it was a simple, clean walkout because at that point I, there was no, for me negotiating on my standards, I wasn't going to compromise. And looking back though, I remember where I interviewed in that business and it didn't quite fit right with my dream of what I wanted, but I kept asking these questions I mean, like, am I going to have room to expand? Am I going to have room to make this position like this? And he was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause he's trying to sell me on why I should work there. Right. And looking back, I see way too many ways where my intuition knew that that job wasn't the right thing. And I was trying to make it fit what I wanted in a job, even in the job interview. And I took the job and it just, it still didn't end up working out at all because it just was not the right fit. And I believe that the circumstances are going to align. Things are going to come together to be in your greatest good and protect you. That I didn't need to be creating a life alongside this job. I needed to let it go. And for me, I needed that bottom out (laughs) to just walk away. And it was a clean cut. I've never regretted it. It was always the right decision for me to leave.
0: Absolutely. Stephanie, this is exactly actually what I do with my clients is I teach them when you're going through process and you're looking at starting a new job to make sure that you're not masking yourself and that you're being really transparent, you're showing who you are and that you're observing, right? You're allowing yourself to observe. And I actually use that same word that you did, which is intuition, allowing your intuition to come through as. You select your next opportunity, right? Yeah. And not pretending, you know, I, I was talking to a client yesterday about embellishing who was saying something about embellishing. I said, This is not what I teach. We're not embellishing things on the resume. You right. are just highlighting different pieces of your experience as they're related to the job, but you want to show who you are, right? Because when you've been in the workforce for over 10 years, you've got that experience, you know what you like and you know what's going to work for you. And mm-hmm. when you don't do that, right, when you ignore those warning signs, Stephanie. And sometimes there's pressure to do that. For those of you listening, I want you to all to understand, I get it. Sometimes you feel deep pressure. You might have financial obligations. There's all kinds of things going on, but it's a short-term gain because you'll take that job on. It might last for a little bit, but then somewhere, somehow it's not going to work. And I think you end up getting to that same result. And I think starting over is so much more exhausting and creates so much more burnout than just making that decision in the beginning and being sure of yourself and taking a little bit of extra time to make those Mm -hmm. decisions as opposed to rushing to the first opportunity. And like you said, trying to make yourself fit.
1: Yes, you said the word decisions. And absolutely, this is so vital. And the biggest thing I've learned with going to make a healthy decision, and it's so funny that this conversation, because somebody had, I just saw on social media this morning, somebody said, "What, what do you do when you're really struggling with trying to make a decision? And decisions just don't become a struggle for me anymore. Because I've learned, that if I'm not feeling like a full body, yes, because my body is lit up, like my intuition, all of me to make this decision. I mean, you know those moments when it's that right decision. And you're like so excited that this could be your next career step versus, well, It's not going to be the hours I wanted. And well, they're not going to give me some of those benefits I was looking for. And, you know, if all of a sudden you're having to make these like, well, but maybe in all these compromises, that's where I've learned that's a clear, no, (laughs) no. And I shouldn't try to make it fit because that's not a good decision that I'm going to be able to stand by for a very long time.
0: There's so many good tidbits here that you're sharing. And Stephanie, this is something that I haven't talked about in the podcast, but it is something that I'd like to do with clients. And so I want to know from you, let's talk a little bit more about this full body. Yes. And Mm -hmm. what I call, what I tell my clients, even when they decide to work with me, for example, is it should be a hell yes. So Mm -hmm. can you help our listeners? imagine or do a little exercise around what that would be like and what that feels like in your body. Because I think you shared a little bit of, about what it doesn't feel like. So mm-hmm. what does it feel like to you?
1: I can give you the perfect example for this. I recently decided I, I took pretty much an entire year off over the course of the last 12 months. I wasn't doing a lot of work. And at first it felt amazing. It felt like a vacation. It felt delightful. It felt like rejuvenation for my soul. I got to just dive into things I had been wanting to learn about and not have any pressure. Well, but eventually I'm spending through my savings and I'm also getting exhausted with the homeschool process. And so there was a time where I had to come and say, okay, I chose to homeschool. And I was having people tell me, well, that was your choice as if I just am stuck with it now. But I decided that wasn't the path that was right for me because I'm not going to just do something because I think I should. And I evaluated that. My son could change and I could change. and Maybe we need something different. But I also decided I'm done with this break. I'm done with taking time off. I want to do something else. And I also was just like in a place of like, what does that feel like? And at first I noticed I had a lot of judgment to going back to a job, a job in the sense that I wouldn't be working for myself anymore. I had to get coaching on that because I was telling myself like there was shame that was I giving up something. And, but I'd gotten to the point where I realized I could still have some coaching classes clients. And I could work a full-time job. And I thought about what that should be. And I applied in moments of desperation, moments of frustration. Notice my emotions I'm stating. None of them are positive. Moments of like late night when I'm just tired and I'd be scrolling through um, job sites. I was just kind of applying to all kinds of things. I have a lot of experience. So I was getting callbacks. I was getting some feedback on things. But then when I would talk to them and interview, there were some very clear compromises that I was going to have to make. And I was asking myself, am I being too attached? Maybe I should just be willing to sacrifice and give up the things that I have on my list about what a dream job would include. And then I was like, no, I can manifest anything in my life that I want. So what if I could create that dream job? What if I could have everything that was on my list of what I wrote out, what it's going to feel like to work there, how I'm going to feel and be excited to share and do the work. I also need a job that involves a lot of movement because I don't want to just sit at a desk anymore. I thought about all the layers to my job. I also didn't want to start until at least nine o'clock because I wanted to have time to maintain my morning workout routine and deal with the kids going off to school and just have an open space to be able to still do my journaling time. Like these things mattered to me. I didn't want to compromise on that. And almost every single one of the other jobs that I interviewed for and talked with, they all wanted me in at 730. And it's not that I'm not up, but I didn't want to compromise the things I wanted. So I had to say no to job offers. And I remember at one point I was wavering on a job. And I was like, Oh, there's some good perks, but there's some things that just don't fit right. And I was doing that compromising. I was going back and forth because even though I known it better, like I was still getting caught in that. And as soon as I sat down, I had a sheet of paper and I wrote out all the reasons this was not the right job for me and what it was making me feel that I didn't want to like start off with that feeling of desperation that I was trying to take this job just because of the money, but it didn't meet all my demands. And so I wrote that out. I said, no, I will not take this. I was preparing to go call them. And when I went to make the call, because I had that decision clearly in my mind to turn down the job, a call came in. It was from another job. And they offered me a position. It was to come back and be a professor. It met my job time. Like I got to still keep my morning routine. It gave me tons of flexibility and provided all the benefits and other things that I was seeking in a very active way. And I was like, that came in at that specific time because I shifted and gave myself the authority to say, I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to stand in my power and believe in myself and trust that if I say no to compromising, something better is going to come along.
0: And how did that feel in your body? How did that feel in your heart when Mm -hmm. that offer came through and it was so aligned with the vision that you had created for yourself and you knew you didn't have to compromise?
1: It was very empowering. And also I had a moment where I just sat back. I held it together for the call, accepted the position when I got off the phone. I literally, I was outside of my deck and I just started to like chuckle because it was a laugh of relieving tension and stress that had built up in me. And it was a laugh of like, Stephanie, why are you doubting? (laughs) You know, it was just like coming to this place of being like, this is affirming the ability that I have to create the life that I love. I just have to keep believing and trusting, taking wise choices moving forward.
0: Yes. And everybody listening, I want you to really, really get this, right? If there's any one piece that you take away from this podcast is that sometimes we think that if we're really broad and we're really flexible in our career, Your search and saying yes to everything that it makes us more marketable. It makes us more desirable, right, as an employee or to get hired. But here is the reality: when you have that kind of laser focus that Stephanie just talked about, you are going to land the right opportunity, right? And this is an exercise in deep trust and intuition, and really saying no to things that are not aligned. So this Mm -hmm. is the exercise that I do with my clients all the time. It's just getting crystal clear, crystal clear in your vision, and then having the trust and, you know, the personal power to say no to everything that is not that. And believe yeah. me, it's really, really hard, especially <laughs> when, when something is like 90% close, right. right. But it's not hundred percent. You're like, should I just, you know, make a little compromise. But the truth is, you know, you're just like wavering. Mm-hmm. And then you also know that when the wavering comes from fear of like trying something new versus like that deep seated, Hey, this is not for me. So I think this is so important. Please trust yourself. And the other thing is that it's possible. So I wanted to come back to the story that you shared about the student, which is so unfortunate. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it still plays into like our should, Stephanie. Yeah. But I want to talk about this a little bit because yeah, I think this also goes into mindset, which is something that I love talking about as well. Is I think that a lot of people believe that if they say yes to what you just shared, that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not possible possible. It's like a pipe dream, right? Like there's something's got to give. Oh, probably when she took on the role, something else weird happened, you know, or like, it's a little too good to be true. You can't be happy and you can't have your passion and get paid and all of those things. And so I want to dive into that a little bit and understand your thoughts about that.
1: And it's so, I see it so many times in college students. I've been a professor on and off for 10 years. So I've met a lot of different students. And especially when I was advising at the school I was at before I was in the graphic design program and I would get a lot of students who would take my intro to graphic design as one of their prereqs to a computer programming degree. And I would talk to them. They would have such amazing talent. I would be encouraging them. And then they would come and they would talk to me about what it would look like to have a career in graphic design. They would get information because they were hungry for it. This was where their passion was. But no matter what I told them, they couldn't get past this idea when they went to talk to their parents that graphic design could make equal or greater than being a computer programmer. And I had so many students who were first generation college students and of diverse ethnic backgrounds. And their parents had felt like they had worked so hard to help get their kid into college. There was this immense pressure that the way that it's supposed to be done, which is another should, right? Is that they needed to stay and go into this program that they thought was going to make the most money. And I can't tell you how many times I saw that. And it just breaks my heart because I was that student too. I was first generation and I came from a diverse background and it was just, Being in that situation, I remember an experience in college where I I walked down the halls of a graphic design department at our school. I was like, this is so cool. And I'd love to be able to take photography and do all these. And he's like, why don't you come over here? I was like, no, my parents wouldn't allow that. I was that student too. It's just, it's happening in so many ways. And it's because of what we are telling ourselves or what we are allowing others to tell us that is influencing the decisions that we make.
0: Yes, this is so, so true. And I think in the example that you shared, it was somebody who might be 18 or 22. But the interesting thing is that even when I'm talking with people who have 15 years of work experience, 20 years of work experience, they still have that student mentality. They still have those beliefs, especially because I do a lot of work with women of color. You know, again, if you're first generation, you know, if you're an immigrant yourself or your parents were like, you know, that's my case is yes. Yeah, yeah, they're all the things that maybe somebody else told us, but then we believe those to be true for ourselves. And sometimes we can't even separate the should from the reality. It's almost like it blends together. And so there's a process of like actually taking a look at your thoughts and realizing that this is not my truth. This is not even my opinion. It's something that was told to me by somebody else that I adopted for myself. Yes. Right. And now I'm carrying it forward. Yes. It's such a trap. I think that's really like where I think some of the work is, is Uh figuring that out for yourself. And I think separating your authentic voice from everything that's been told to you that you've learned. And I think even those thoughts that are yours, but that are limiting you. So I think that's such an important exercise to do.
1: Yeah. And I imagine that's where your clients find so much value working with you because it's really a challenge to hear your own thoughts that you've been thinking for such a long time, or the way that you are trapping yourself into a position or a role and thinking it just has to be this way because you are doing it out of obligation or you're doing it out of commitments. Like you were saying, people. 15, 20 some years into their career, still making similar choices, but usually that's because some other dynamics have been added to life, like other people you're responsible for and caring for families, or you have other financial commitments now. And you're like, well, can't exactly just walk away from maintaining those. I need this job, or I need the money that comes from having a job versus going out on your own. So many of these things are just traps that it really helps to have somebody else give you perspective to see those.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Stephanie. It was so, so wonderful talking with you and chatting with you this Friday afternoon. I would love it if you could leave our listeners with just one thought maybe, or one piece of advice around this topic of career should.
1: Mm, Trust yourself, exercise that muscle and learn how to trust yourself, to listen to your intuition. It's there. It wants to be a powerful guide to help you. You just have to learn how to tune into it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Career by Design podcast. I hope that the strategies I shared today will help you on your journey to an amazing career. Be sure to check in next week for another episode. And for more tips, follow me on Instagram, under inspiration underscore careers.